When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra. I'm Pete Sampson, joined in the Pacific Northwest by Kevin Sinclair, where there was a little bit of news from Notre Dame recruiting yesterday. So let's jump into that. Usually we save commitments and decommitments. It's the day after a regular podcast uh, with Tim and Tim, but uh, we've got plenty to cover in the breaking news department. Braden Lindsay out, George Takis in. I guess, Kevin, what are your thoughts on, uh, let's start with Lindsay, because that was, uh, I think, a bit of a surprise, although checking with sources around Notre Dame, they told me that they were worried about this one from the get-go, but there was very little heads up from the kid himself in terms of the decommitment. Yeah, it was quite a day yesterday, no doubt. Um, I was certainly surprised with the Braden Lindsay decommitment. Uh, however, sort of in the past, um, sort of combing through the commits and having a look at, you know, who could possibly decommit. Braden Lindsay being so, I guess, um, I guess prominent in the track world and the fact that Oregon has sort of one of the, I guess, most highly regarded track programs in the country. He lives in Oregon. Obviously, he has lots of connections there. He went to the spring game. It was always sort of in the back of my mind that that could happen. But I've spoken with Braden um, a lot through his recruitment before he committed uh, after, and it just really seemed like he was very solid. And then um, another sort of thing was I interviewed his head coach recently, and he went thoroughly through, uh, you know, several reasons why Braden committed to Notre Dame, why he liked Notre Dame, why it was why Braden and the coach I was speaking with thought at Notre Dame was such an obvious, clear fit for him. Um, what he liked during his visit. Like I just had just written this article and you and I were going to post it yesterday and literally right around the time that he decommitted. So that was all interesting. Uh, that conversation with the head coach kind of sold me that he was as solid as he could be, but it's, as it turns out, he wasn't. And, uh, you know, that losing that sort of big play, um, you know, elite speed receivers kind of sting. Um, I had a good look at the board and we got a good, you know, uh, wide receiver board review uh, out this morning. Uh, you know, he, he does run a sub 4440, and that's the seed that Ryan's looking for. So this one's going to sting and they're going to have to have a good look at their board. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, you had a good update on Amon Ross St. Brown this morning uh, and then the, the receiver overview in general. It's, it certainly makes Kevin Austin even more important than he already was. I mean, I was sort of looking at Austin as, okay, you get him on board to pair him with Lindsey and Micah Jones. I think you've got three different styles of receivers at a need position. And, and you know, looking over the decommitments from earlier in the Brian Kelly era, this would be – this would certainly be top half. Um, it's certainly not the most painful at the at the same time. They've had they suffered worse. Um, is probably the best way to say it. But they lose their twelfth commitment. They pick up 
a new 12th commitment uh, later that night, George Takis, the four-star tight end out of Florida. Uh, Kevin, you talked to him last night. Interestingly enough, he's Notre Dame's third 12th different player who has been the 12th commitment in this class. But uh, And he'll be the one tight end. I think we've sort of gone back and forth on this podcast, on the website, on the message board about whether Notre Dame needed to take a tight end in this class at all. Ultimately, they decide yes. So Takis follows Brock Wright and Cole Komet last year. And like Brock Wright, he'll be an early enrollee, which is critical, um, even though Notre Dame will have some depth, because I think you look at the depth chart next year, it would not be a shock if it was down to Wisher, Wright, Komet, and Takis, if um, certainly Smythe is gone, Luatua retired, and Isaiah, Isaiah Mack could uh, turn pro early. So, hey, Kevin, you've sort of gotten to know uh, Takis' head coach a little bit. He's given me some pretty good insight over the last couple of months on what kind of player Takis is. I, uh, so basically, um, Takis sort of went a bit silent, I guess you could say, in terms of speaking with the media, uh, probably about two months ago. And so in that time, you know, obviously still want to get coverage on him, see what was, you know, the status of recruitment was. So I started getting in touch with his head coach uh, down at uh, Gulf Coast High School, Familia. Uh, um, we've had several discussions about George. Um, so when the commitment happened yesterday, uh, I was sort of just used to getting in touch with his coach to get info. So I called him. Uh, he, you know, informed me that you know George just felt at home at Notre Dame in the visit. He was just so felt he didn't need any, any need to look further. Cancel his visits, and uh, I guess Tuesday morning he informed the staff that he was going to commit. Um, you know, I was still jumbling through the sort of aftermath of Braden Menzies' decommitment. I had just spoken to Amon Rocky Brown to get a read on that working on all the wide receiver stuff, and then George commits. So I had to sort of flip over to that, and that was a whole interesting situation. Um, after I spoke with his coach, um, who also informed me that George was uh, planning to um, enroll early, I tried, decided to try George, thinking maybe he would be taking calls in this point. He was, and he answered the phone. He was at his grandparents' uh, place in Indiana, uh, near South Bend, um, and he just sort of, you know, Further explained what his coach basically told me. You know, he went, he committed, or sorry, visited Notre Dame on Sunday night. He, you know, arrived in South Bend. He left Tuesday morning. During that time, he spent a bunch of time with commits of Phil Jerkovic, uh, Derek Allen, the twins, Marky Stepp. Uh, you know, I also looked at Shane Simon and some, some of the other top recruits who were on campus who stayed after Irish invasion. And he just, Really bonded with all of them, and then he went and watched OTAs, and he got. He said he just got a really good feel for what it would be like to be a student at Notre Dame. He grew. He said that due to his mother's career, that he's moved eleven times through wow. his uh, life. But yeah, so I guess he only did live in Indiana for a short period of time when he was uh, young, but he was born there and grew up a Notre Dame fan in the Notre Dame household. His mother had, uh, went to graduate school at Notre Dame. He just had a connection from the get go. It was one of those things we were always pretty confident about, but weren't sure until he made his commitment, which he did finally. And uh, obviously that took a lot of sting out of you know, losing Lindsay's commitment earlier in the day. And, uh, you know, he, he followed up on that. We sort of joked about that, you know, sort of it being a seesaw day of emotions at Notre Dame. And, um, you know, he said he's really looking forward to, uh, you know, enrolling early and getting right into that, um, you know, the thick of it. They see the film as a true freshman, you know, at 6'7", 
242 is its current weight. Um, the kid who works very, very hard is coached he's very, very, very conscientious, conscientious about his body. He weighs his food. Um, this is a kid who works very hard, intelligent kid. And, um, I, I expect pretty big things out of him. I just feel very confident about how he'll do college level, given his work ethic, uh, and his just physical attributes and, and just kind of you know, natural athletic ability. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be interesting to see how that all develops. It was interesting, also on Twitter, somebody had mentioned, uh, tweeted at Jeremy Ruckert, who's the four-star tight end out of New York, that uh, you know, hey, Notre Dame filled up his tight end allotment, and he re- replied that he was still considering Notre Dame, which is, is fine to say, but Notre Dame is not going to take a second tight end in this class. And you, when you get Komet, Takis, Wright, is your three tight ends over two years. I mean, somebody ultimately is going to emphasize the third tight end from that group. Um, I think there's a good chance it's going to be Takis, but if he's six, seven and he grows to two fifty, and sort of gives you um, a traditional tight end who can line up and, and just slam people, but also is a, at least a red zone threat, man, I mean, it's just an embarrassment of riches for Chip Long. And another thing with Takis, we're going to see him out at the opening this summer and he's going to be going against four-star, five-star safeties and linebackers and maybe matching up with a corner here or there. It's, you know, you're going to get to see just how good this guy is. Um, you know, and it's kind of fun looking back at Irish invasion last year. He was, he was there and he wasn't somebody that anybody really talked about coming out of. Um, but here we are 12 months later and, you know, Notre Dame picks up a four-star tight end with offers from what Georgia, LSU, Florida, where they were all involved and, and fills a need and sort of gets the, that depth chart back to where it should be after, um, you know, I think a couple rough recruiting cycles. So, I mean, that's obviously the big news of yesterday and, Let's jump into our, our five guys segment here as a way to cover Irish invasion because that's in the rearview mirror now, but there has been quite a bit of movement at a few positions with a few different prospects here. So, Kevin, why don't you lead off our five guys segment? Uh, who's the most intriguing guy for you over the last week? Yeah, for me, I, I would say Shane Simon. Um, you know, he's one of the most talked about recruits within, you know, Notre Dame, Notre Dame's recruiting class, 2018, 6'3", 215, uh, St. Peter's Prep in Jersey City, New Jersey. Um, so he's, you know, he's their guy at the Rover. Uh, he, he would love to add. Um, he had a pretty cool visit, uh, to South Bend. Um, obviously we saw on Twitter when he arrived, uh, Jerome Bettis was in the airport and, uh, you know, there was a picture of Shane Simon with the twins meeting him. Um, I spoke with Shane Simon after he arrives back in New Jersey. I caught him right when he was in the airport, actually. Um, he said that that was just a really cool thing to sort of experience. Um, you know, I, I, not only did he tell me he had a really great time, but I spoke with uh, both Phil Jerkovic and Derek Allen, um, I think it was on Monday and both told me that they spent a lot of time with Shane with all of the other commits. Some current players also spent time with Shane um, and just, they all bonded really well. A lot of uh, Notre Dame commits and players, coaches all got to spend a lot of time with Shane Simon. Um, you know, he has definitely seen all that, you know, you would need to see and knows everything you would need to know. 
about Notre Dame to go forward with his decision. Um, you know, obviously it is slightly concerning that he didn't commit this weekend or I guess, you know, in the day or two following arriving back home from his weekend at Notre Dame. Um, you know, I've heard some whispers he may visit Michigan again, but there's nothing set in stone right now in terms of other visits. That will tell us more about what's going on. But, you know, he's sticking to his guns. He wants to do sort of an end-of-summer commitment announcement, and that's what he's going to do. And, you know, in the meantime, what we can really do is speculate unless he starts to make some other visits and things like that. So it's definitely a wait and see, but I, I definitely feel very good about Notre Dame landing Simon in the end. Yeah, I think it's a haze in the barn situation with Shane Simon. I don't think that they can push that recruitment any farther than they already have. Uh, yeah, he looked yeah. great at Irish Invasion. Uh, I'm going to go with the Irish Invasion attendee as well, Paul Moala, listed at six foot one, one ninety on Scout out of Mishawaka, Indiana, Penn High School, uh, alma mater, Braxton Cave, former Notre Dame center. Uh, he was, I think, if there was a surprise on Saturday night, it was Moala, and he ran a four-four hand-timed forty. That's the Notre Dame coaches uh, sort of measuring that. And then I think more importantly, when they did one-on-one drills and did position drills, he looked like a guy who could also play maybe at a four-four speed or at least play fast. It's interesting offer because. They took Alohi Gilman just a day before, uh, he, the Navy transfer, who's a similar build to Moala, uh, and I think they would offer sort of a similar skill set in terms of more of a free safety, uh, bigger coverage skills type. And they already have Derek Allen in the in the class too. So is Paul Moala really going to be your second safety? I think maybe as if he doesn't commit before the season, Notre Dame can get another evaluation on him during the year. Uh, it was a little bit of a surprise offer to me for another reason is that they would have been able to watch him last year and, and presumably see some of this speed and, and see some of this athleticism that he showed on Saturday night. So I'm curious about a little bit more about what happened on Saturday night that sort of got Moala over the hump as far as an offer goes. But Notre Dame has in the past shown a deference to local kids, you know, sort of a tie goes to the, uh, the guy who's close by, because if you look at the Indiana recruits Notre Dame has signed over the years, they've hit at a really outstanding level on them. So maybe Paul Moala will be the next guy. So he's uh, he's first of my five guys this week. Yeah, I'm going to move on from the Irish invasion um, on, with my five guys, and I'm going to talk about uh, wide receiver Jordan Porter. Uh, he was offered by Notre Dame yesterday. I sort of squeaked in an interview with him amongst the madness yesterday. Um so he's from Etiwanda, California. Uh, he's six foot two, 180 pounds. Uh, his offers from Alabama, Arizona State, Cal, Colorado, Duke, Georgia, Notre Dame, UCLA, Utah, and Washington State. And actually, he has a, an older brother who's a cornerback at Washington State. Um, he's like with uh, he does really well in 3.4 GPA. Uh, he also does well in track. He ran a 10.6100 meter. Um, he's also listed a 30, posted a 35 inch vertical jump. Um, I had a look at his film, definitely sees some playmaking ability there. I spoke with him about a month ago, um, told me he had been hearing consistently from Delvon Alexander and Brian Polian, sort of a, that sort of combination or tandem recruiting that we're seeing more of. Um, he told me that, uh, he was definitely really interested in visiting Notre Dame, but it was a situation where he was, 
Uh, you know, this was a month ago that he was only going to be visiting schools that had offers from Bruce's animal. And now that he has the offer, he plans to visit Notre Dame in July. The only other visit he's sort of eyeing is Cal, but nothing said at the moment. It definitely seemed like Notre Dame was his priority visit. Um, we can consider this kid as a you know, legitimate contender to end up being at Notre Dame, uh, assuming he you know, enjoys his visit and that. He listed off a number of things he really enjoys about Notre Dame, the obvious, you know, things you hear often about the balance of academics and athletics. Um, he really likes the fact they're on NBC every Saturday and all his friends and family could watch him. Um, you know, he, he likes the offense. So, yeah, that's um, my, my second guy. DJ Johnson would be number two for me, another Irish invasion guy, four-star cornerback out of Indianapolis, Indiana, North Central High School. Uh, I give the kid a lot of credit because he showed up with an ankle injury, showed up with a uh, left ankle brace, worked out, ankle ended up giving out about two-thirds of the way through Irish invasion. And I talked to DJ a a little bit about that on Sunday after the event. He's like, look, I'm not going to come to these events and not work out. And now he faces another couple weeks off uh, while he gets that ankle geared up for the preseason, which isn't that far away in the state of Indiana. So it's, I think you look at DJ Johnson, is he going to be your first corner in this class? Probably not. Uh, he's, he's not going to be a like-for-like replacement for Kalen Gervin if they land him. Could it be your second or third corner behind maybe a Kyler Gordon? Yeah, I think so. Uh, he's a bigger body, broad-shouldered, very long legs, sort of an interesting build for a corner, but uh Notre Dame's in great shape there, if for no other reason that they are far and away the best offer. His other offers, Cincinnati, Duke, Iowa, Minnesota, Purdue, Illinois, Indiana, Syracuse, among Power 5 conference teams. So not a situation where I think Notre Dame is facing a whole lot of competition. Johnson told me that he doesn't have a big rush to commit. And I said, well, what if Notre Dame had two corners on board? Would that sort of change uh, your timeline with the Irish because they're only taking three? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. So I, I think Notre Dame's in great shape there. You don't have to read, behind, read between lines too much to understand that. So DJ Johnson, I think he's a guy that ultimately will end up in Notre Dame's class and gave a pretty good account of himself on Saturday night, certainly from a toughness perspective. So he's number two for me. Number three for me uh, is another wide receiver they offered sort of in the wake of the Lindsay D commitment, Kobe Smith, um, just Jordan Porter. I mean, he's very similar. Uh, he's the same size at 6'2", 180, also from California. Comes from Gardena, um, Junipero Serra. Uh, four-star recruit, number 16 wide receiver in California with scouts, number 19 wide receiver in the West. Offers from Arizona, Nebraska, Oregon, Oregon State, USC, Washington State. Illinois and San Jose State. Um, I sort of look, I look through the scout database with him. And, um, Scouts West recruiting team listed him in the top 10 offensive performers at the Oakland opening regional. Um, I sort of played some phone tag with, uh, with Smith yesterday. Um, he, I caught him, but he was on his way home from football practice. And then we were planning to talk this morning, but I had the podcast scheduled. So I will be catching him later this morning, hopefully, and, uh, get some more specifics on him. I do know that, uh, you know, he was sort of a, a, a really sort of dynamic basketball player. Um, and then, you know, sort of, uh, shifted his focus more towards football now. And he's been, I guess, thriving in his sort of new role as a, you know, predominantly football player rather than just um, a basketball star. Um, I like his skill set, and uh, we'll learn more about him soon. Obviously, Notre Dame will be pushing to get him on campus this summer. 
Yeah, Jason Oa, number three, he was the star of Irish Invasion for me. I know there was, it was a toss-up between Shane Simon and Oa, between who was the most impressive guy. Oa, for me, just because you don't see 6'5", 240, broad jumping, 72 feet uh, like that. Very often, he was he was everything Notre Dame needs in a weak side defensive end. Um, you know, you look at the guys Notre Dame has signed over the last few years, they don't get this body type, and they almost never get this body type matched with that athleticism. So it's amazing to think that he's played eight career games. Kevin, you wrote a story on this guy that I put under the radar in the headline, which was accurate in early May, and now he's sitting here with, you know, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Penn State coming after him really hard. I would not be surprised if his offer list expanded to include Stanford, Alabama, Michigan, schools of that nature. So uh, I think Notre Dame's in good shape, not great shape with him. It's digging around on this one. How serious is he about Ohio State if academics are really number one even more than football? But then how much is academics really going to carry the day? Uh, will it carry it so much that he just says, you know, forget it. I'm going to Harvard. Uh, I don't need to play big time college football because I, I want the biggest time education I can get. Um, but Notre Dame is well aware that this is a guy that they need to get because he's high character, high academics and really high talent. So if they can get this guy in the class, I think, they would change really the outlook of Notre Dame recruiting in 2018. He was a three-star prospect a month and a half ago. Now he's four stars and number 106 overall on scout.com. So that is another way to look at how fast he's risen up the board. So Jason Owa, number three for me this week. Yeah, number four for me is a recent 2019 offer, uh, Jace Bowen. Um, he's ranked as a four-star defensive end with scout. Um, the interesting thing with him, uh, you know, when I looked a little closer into him, his huddle film, he's listed as a free safety wide receiver. And if you watch his film, a lot of his, you know, sort of highlights are from this position where he sort of plays between the linebackers and the, and the back end safeties of the defense. Um, and I noticed with some other services, he was um, listed as an outside linebacker. So I got him on the phone. We had a discussion about that, and they, they play an interesting defense where they have sort of a 3-3 stack, and he plays this role they call the Hawk, and it's very it's pretty much a rover in that in that uh, formation and that base defense. And he, he said he lines up um, about seven yards off the ball, and this kid makes huge plays. Um, he's out of a sort of rural area in Ohio called Lexington. Um, he's 6'5", 225 at this point, so... I think obviously, um, you know, a 2019 recruit that size already. I think that that's why um, Scout has him listed as a defensive end, sort of assuming he'll probably grow into that. And it sounds like Notre Dame also thinks that, as he told me that Notre Dame is recruiting him for the drop end position. And if you watch his film, you'll definitely see why. Um, he's big physical kid. He can. Um, Definitely engage people with force. He uses hands well, shed blocks. Um, and he, he just attended the Ohio State camp this week where he ran a 4.6940. Um, so it's a big kid who's moving fast. His dad played at uh, Bowling Green. His other family members who played college football. Um, he's really excited about the Notre Dame offer. He visited for the Stanford game last year. 
He really enjoyed that. He's going to visit again. He said definitely going to visit this summer. Um, he's just a, definitely a, a really just cool blue collar kid. Um, is you know he's I think he's either sent either zero or just one tweet in his life. What well, unheard even, of? I know. <laughs> I said uh, he's a real unicorn in that way. Um, it was just interesting. Uh, I talked to him about that. He just doesn't buy into that sort of stuff. Social media is a, a real, you know, blue collar rural area type kid. Um, Notre Dame will definitely be on this kid quite a bit. His skill set is great. Next up for me, Thomas Booker. I think he's been on every five guys that we've done, but, uh, picking up the offer from Stanford, I think it was the day after our last podcast or maybe the day of is very significant in this recruitment. Cause I think both of our perspectives on this has been Notre Dame was almost in the clear here as long as Stanford doesn't offer with a June 24th return visit to South Bend on the books. Lo and behold, Stanford offers. So talking to people around Notre Dame, they are still optimistic, probably more optimistic than message board posters are, that uh, they can hold off the Cardinal here even though Stanford has been really the biggest threat for the Irish from the get-go here. You know, in terms of where Booker fits in, is he a strong side defensive end? Is he going to be an athletic three technique? I think he could do a little bit of both of those things. A guy Notre Dame needs to have in the class. That much has not changed. Uh, but if you can, after watching Jason O on Saturday night, then you sort of get the sense of like, oh, that's the skill set Notre Dame really, really needs, whereas Booker is just a really needs. And with Jason Adamalola in the class, Justin Adamalola in the class, I think Booker would be doubling up at one of those two positions in terms of his skill set. So we'll see how this shakes out. I think Notre Dame will have an answer by the end of the month on him. Uh, but Notre Dame was hopeful that June 24th was going to come around and he was going to commit to the Irish. The Stanford offer maybe muddies those waters a little bit. But curious to see how all this shakes out because Stanford and Booker has been um, – I think sort of a under the radar storyline or sort of on the back burner a little bit from the time this recruitment started. So he's, he's number four for me this week with that June 24th visit around the corner. Yeah. My last guy is Amon Ross St. Brown. Everyone knows about him. Five-star wide receiver out of Santa Ana, California, matter day, one of the premier programs in the country, Six foot, 190 pounds, um, rated the number one wide receiver in the country, number 11 recruit overall in the scout database. Um, you know, with, you know, I, this is another recruit I'm bringing up in light of Braden Lindsay's decommitment. Uh, like I said, once uh, we got that news, uh, I decided to really have a strong look at the wide receiver board, and I thought it was time to give St. Brown a call and sort of see where things are at with his recruitment at the moment. Um, you know, I, the thing that it's always interesting with me about Amon Ra is he's such a flashy player from such a flashy program from a, you know, flashy area of the country in Orange County, California, but he's just such a sort of humble, just, you know, humble kid. He's just sort of easy to talk to. He's honest. He doesn't get too excited about, you know, things. He doesn't take his recruitment super seriously, um, you know, you wouldn't know the difference between a two-star recruit or a five-star recruit when you speak with them, honestly. Um, so, you know, that's always sort of refreshing. Um, with him and his recruitment at the moment, things hadn't changed greatly, but I did find out um, that he has planned 
Um, not specific dates, but he plans to take two official visits. He may add more, but those visits are Stanford and Notre Dame. So sort of going forward with that, um, he said that, um, I guess, early in his season at Matter Day, they have some really tough matchups. So he thinks, you know, probably September won't be when he visits. It'll probably be in October or November uh, game day visit for him. But he will visit Notre Dame. He will visit Stanford. And he's, he thinks he may add more. The other schools pushing for him, sort of in the equation for him, Ohio State, Michigan, USC, and UCLA to go along with Notre Dame and Stanford. Uh, he, you know, may visit some in-state schools during the summer. He said financially that's all he can sort of work out at this time. Um, so you may see him visiting Stanford, USC, or UCLA, or all of them. We'll see what happens with that. Obviously, with Lindsay uh, no longer part of this class, adding dynamic speed, explosive playmaking ability is even more crucial. Uh, Kevin Austin looks like, you know, very good chance he'll end up at Notre Dame. But still, they'd like to add a, another uh, explosive playmaker, and Amon Ross and Brown is exactly that. Yeah, sort of look at it. We're getting to the time of year where we can look at high school football schedules and sort of match dates for potential official visits. If you're looking at the modern day schedule, uh, they play Bishop Gorman week two. That's the same week as Notre Dame's opener uh, against Temple. They're at home against La Mirada the same weekend as the Georgia game here. And then the USC game was, uh, will obviously be popular. Uh, they have a game that weekend too against, uh, I believe Sarah Catholic. Um, but the Georgia USC games are night games. It wouldn't be the first California kid that they got on a red eye after one of those games to come out for a night game the next day. I'm on raw St. Brian. I believe they have a bye week the same weekend as the Miami of Ohio game, which is certainly not going to be a huge recruiting weekend, but We'll see how that shakes out. Certainly, he's going to be here for one game, and you would think that it'll probably take an official to Stanford for the Notre Dame game at the end of the year. Uh, so maybe he'll end up seeing a couple uh, game day Notre Dame performances. Uh, last guy for me, somebody that I don't think we've really talked about or written about at all, um, but I'm going to be writing about him in the next couple of days, and that's Sam Vakalahi, and he's an offensive guard, defensive tackle from Salt Lake City, Utah, six two two ninety six, finalist at the opening. And a guy that I'm told Notre Dame has a great shot to get. And that's not something that you automatically assume with kids from Utah. Uh, he's got some positional flexibility, which is important. Notre Dame necessarily doesn't need another defensive tackle in this class, considering they have Jason Adamalola and Jamie and Franklin on board. But they certainly need uh, some butt-kicking offensive guards if they can get one. And Vakalahi is going to play guard at... The opening finals this summer. There's some interesting connections here. Brian Polian's on the case as far as the recruiting uh, perspective. And Vakalahi's coach at East High School in Salt Lake City is actually a huge Notre Dame fan. Not only that, he came and spoke at the coaches clinic in March. So there's a little bit of a connection here. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to writing about this kid in the next couple of days. But File Vakalahi is a name that maybe you're not thinking about a whole lot, but somebody that Notre Dame is actually seriously involved with. So he, uh, he could be a guy down the road that helps them at two positions where they need help at both. Uh, and I'll get a chance to see him at the opening finals. So those are uh, the five guys this week. It's been, as you may have noticed, if you're on the internet or Twitter, a pretty active week from Notre Dame's recruiting. We'll be back next week. We'll see if uh, things settle down a little bit. 
kind of hard to imagine them being a l- more tumultuous than they were. But uh, until, our, <laughs> until our next Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra podcast, I'm Pete Sampson, joined by Kevin Sinclair. Thanks for listening.